All right, good morning. All right, um, I'm sure a lot of you are curious as to why I'm in this uniform. Uh, <laughs> only the British, right? <clears throat> Don't worry, it's okay. It's all right, I come in peace. All right, we've already squashed that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, what I am going to say is, man, this one was tough, uh, especially for the mere fact of... Uh, the, uh, the context, um, because as you can see, if you can bring up the, uh, the first slide in a minute, we good? All right, no worries. All right, um, this one was especially uh, personal to me the more that I started uh, diving into it, because I feel like every single day is a struggle. Every single day is a struggle. Um, and especially for one of the main reasons is because I wear this uniform. Um, I have a hard time relating to people. I have a hard time always putting a smile on, you know, always trying to be friendly, you know, and actually demonstrating empathy, you know, for people. Um, and also, too, because I struggle as a father. I really do. Um, because... I have a hard time allowing kids to be kids. I hate mess. I hate people who don't listen after I tell them one time. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, I mean, I'm just being honest. These are things that legitimately get at me. I'm just like, why? Why is it always more than one time. And it was because of everything that I went through to be able to put this uniform on. Um, everything that I've endured while wearing this uniform, um, it has always been a struggle. So I say that for, for the title of my sermon, it is learning how to, it's being comfortable with being uncomfortable. All right, I'm going to say that one more time. Being comfortable with being uncomfortable. All right? Who can, who, who can honestly say what that means to them? All right, somebody. Please. Please? Anybody? What, is that, what does that mean to someone? All right, Don. What you got? Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to make a disclaimer <clears throat> real quick <clears throat> because I'm learning to be, I am learning right now how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable up here. All right. Being up here is really uncomfortable for me because I'm used to giving military briefs. I'm used to being able to drive hard facts home. So... Now I say that to say this, don't worry, there's nothing that's going to be harsh for anyone to hear. Um, but what I am going to do as a disclaimer, I'm going to do a little, uh, a little peel off of how I do my military briefs. So kind of what my sermon is today is kind of like a military brief, all right? Because guess what? We're getting ready for the new year. That is our mission, to learn how to tackle the new year, okay? So bear with me. So... What we do in a military brief is we do, our very first slide should be safety. All right, so this is going to be a little hard for you to read, but it says, no sleeping. It can cause neck pain, and besides, everyone is going to laugh at you. No, seriously, we're going to draw on your face. All right? <laughs> so don't sleep. All right? Two, all right, in case you need a potty break, don't run, because if you trip, we will laugh, and you might just end up not making it to your rendezvous point. And that's a failed mission. Okay? Next. No smoking, no jeweling, no chewing tobacco in the building. No, seriously, it's a fire hazard, and New York will find you big time. All right? So I know a lot of people here don't smoke, but in a military brief, we always have to tell troops to not do chewless tobacco, all right, because it's a government building. All right, next, 
Last but not least, all right, stop trying to lose water weight and drink water. It truly fixes all wounds and major bleeding, and especially tiny heart syndrome, and it helps you with rule number one. All right? Because the more you drink water, the more you feel like you have to go to the bathroom, and the more you stay awake. All right? All right, so that's for the icebreaker. All right, so next slide, please. All right, ter- terminal learning objective, all right? What this slide represents is what we're going to learn today. All right, and we're going to go step by step. All right, so first and foremost, to speak on New Year's resolutions. What is the purpose of a New Year's resolution? Most common New Year's resolutions, all right? Most religious New Year's resolutions. Why do they always seem to fail? Commonalities of resolutions and our surrendering to the Heavenly Father. I'm going to speak on my surrender and how long it took. All right? And uh, last but not least, we're going to speak on the difference of a soldier, athlete, and a farmer. All right? And the reason why I'm wearing this uniform is because I'm able to speak personally on the soldier portion. Okay? So, are we ready? Are we ready to begin this journey? All right, guys. Okay. No, 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 no. I work for a living. All right? I work for a living. I'm not an officer. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, all right. Um, so, the text that we're going to be uh, reading out of today is 2 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 13. Um, <clears throat> whenever I started reading this scripture, it was from uh, a King James Version. As always, I always go to my, uh, my study Bible. It never fails me. Because I love being able to really dive into the text. And what I always see happening with me whenever I start diving into the text, next thing I know, I go into another book. Then I go into another book. And then all of a sudden, I'm starting to see relations of one book that happens all the way at one point in time of the Bible. And then all of a sudden, magically enough, well, I shouldn't really say magically because that's wrong, because that's like witchcraft or something, like essential oils or something, but it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) But... No, trust me, that stuff's amazing. But anyways, but what I'm getting at, though, is it amazes me how you're able to go through this entire book, the Bible. You're able to go through this entire Bible and be able to ping off one thing that correlates with another thing that's correlating with another thing. And then all of a sudden you're just kind of like, man, God's amazing, ain't he? No matter where you're at, whenever you open this book, you're going to be able to find an answer. Um. So I'm not going to read from the King James Version. I'm going to read from the uh, NASB. All right. So uh, if you could, please stay seated because it's a long, it's a long text. All right. But so here we go. All right. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, anyone competes as an athlete. He does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember, Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to imprisonment as a criminal. But the word of God is not imprisoned. For this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it, eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That is an amazing passage. 
I tell you what, that hit me. That hit me really hard. Um, <clears throat> one, of, one of my favorite texts is verse 9. For which I suffer hardship, even to imprisonment as a criminal. But the word of God is not imprisoned. So, <clears throat> I was a chucklehead growing up. Um, as if anybody remembers my, my testimony, um, I, was, I was one of those kids that just decided to not listen to what anybody had to say. Um, I took everything for granted. Um, and then next thing I know, <clears throat> I'm in the process of getting in trouble. <clears throat> I, was, I might as well have just been a convicted criminal. Um, but every single time I would go to church with my mom, there was always something that I would just be walking out with guilt. Just like, man. And then guess what? Come Monday, yeah, I forget it. Right? All the way back to Saturday night, waking up first thing Sunday morning, trying to shake off all my, uh, all my sins, trying to be able to walk through those doors. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there just like, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Right? And I'm just like, can anybody tell that I did X, Y, and Z? Nope, my mom sure as heck couldn't. Lies, my mom knew. So, you're probably asking, well, what does this have to do with resolutions? Okay. Well, first and foremost, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to start you off on a new year. Um, That's very humbling. So, but resolutions. The most common resolution that I saw was everybody wants to lose weight. Right? I want to lose weight. I know I'm being serious. I really do. I really want to lose weight. Um, but oftentimes that always fails. Right? Most of the time you always see those people buy new gym memberships and they're like, I'm going to do this. Right? They're like, I'm going to meal plan. I'm going to be able, I'm going to buy all this workout gear. And by the time summer comes around, it's actually going to fit right. I've been there. All right? You also have people who say, well, I'm not going to exercise. I'm just going to eat right so I can lose weight because I don't have time to exercise. But then you have the people who, like I said, buy the gym memberships. Quit smoking, right? Everybody's like, I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to buy a Juul. I'm going to switch to tobacco, chewing tobacco. Guess what? It's still horrible for you. But whatever. Advice is advice. Manage debt. That's always another big one. I'm going to get my credit score up this year. I'm going to be able to save money. I'm actually going to be able to go to Disney World at the end of the year. Right? That's one of my goals is to be able to go to Disney World at the end of the year. Don't tell my kids. All right? But then there's also save money. Uh, Get a better job. Everybody always wants a better job. Me, I personally want a better job. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I love my job. Uh, Speaking on uh, what Pastor John said last Sunday, you were put here for a reason, right? I really, truly, honestly believe I was put on the earth to be a soldier. I would die to this uniform. I love this uniform. I love what it represents. And I wish my brothers could be here too. But they died for this uniform because they believed in doing something good. Sorry. But um, everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. I truly believe that I was put here to speak the word of God. So I hope this coming year May God grant you the opportunity to find why you're here. And I really hope you enjoy the struggle because it is worth it. It is absolutely amazing, the journey. So, all right, now, next. To reduce stress, all right? Boy, did I have a stressful morning, all right? I had a very stressful morning. Everything was great. Then I got in the car. I love my wife to death. I know she's right here. 
But my wife has a wonderful habit of saying, I wonder how far gas fumes can get me. (laughs) So, I get in the car, and I see a gas light on. Thank heavens we were in a Subaru, and we were not in my truck, because we would have not made it. Pastor John probably would have had to stand in for me. Right? So we get in the car. First and foremost, I'm like, babe, is the car clean? Because I'm in my uniform. I'm like, babe, is the car clean? I don't hear anything. I was like, all right. So I put everything in a plastic bag, saran wrap myself, and I'm like this, (laughs) driving. (laughs) Trying to make sure I don't get three-month-old french fries and apple juice and dog hair all over my uniform. All right? So... And then all of a sudden I look, and the gas light's on. And she looks at me, I know, I forgot. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, I'm sitting there doing a little computer switch, 30 miles. I have 30 miles till we stop dead. So we're driving. And she's like, she's like, what's up? Oh, oh, thank goodness. Oh, all right, the Subi family. Does not matter because we have nobody to come get us. All right? So, and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm waiting for the thing to change. Literally, as soon as she asked me, it drops down to 20. Yeah, magically went from 30 to 20. And I'm just like, and she's like, you really need to pray for peace. Oh, great. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, okay. I wanted to look at her and say, well, you should probably uh, pray for some responsibility. But I did not do that because she was holding my jacket. So I was like, this is not how today is supposed to start out. So then I'm in the process of putting my uniform on and one of my buttons breaks. And I'm like, I need a safety pin. So, of course, Ted always being Ted, he's always there at the right place. He's like, here I come to save the day. I was like, yo, Yo, Super Ted, how did you come out with a safety pin just like that? He was like, well, I asked everybody if they had a sewing kit. But, so, reduce stress. That is always another thing people want to talk about and start for the new year. And everybody wants to take a trip. All right? Everybody always wants to save a trip because everybody gets tired of the same old scenery. No, this is not a recruiting thing, by the way. (laughs) It's not. Because I can make you take a trip. Um, But we can also speak on the most common religious uh, New Year's resolutions. One's always pray more. Everybody always says, well, you know, I should probably pray more. All you have to really do is just talk to God. Right? Just always talk to God. Second is read the Bible through. Well, Harmony's pretty good on that one because that's always the the challenge, right? Right, Mike? Study the Bible more. I feel like we're doing a pretty good job. We always have the small group studies. Um, This one really hit me. This next one. Love my family more. Oh, man. Yeah, that one hit me. To come back around to what I was talking about. You know, I'm willing to die for this uniform. But I tell you what. The stress, the sacrifices, you got to find a common balance because I sacrifice my family a lot. Which then ends up having me feel disconnected from my family. I always feel disconnected from my children because my kids always come around, dad, 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 and I'm sitting there trying to get work done. I'm on the phone. For some reason, whenever I got this new job, I ended up getting another laptop and another phone and another car. And I'm just like, man, all right, this is all well and good. Pays a little bit better. All right, cool. But at what cost? I signed a counseling statement that says if you don't answer your phone and you don't call us back within the next 10 minutes, you're going to get in trouble. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Government really does owe me. All right? But at that, I'm willing to sit there and go, give me another minute. Give me another minute. 
Give me another minute. No. No. And then it sits there and it really hit me. Prior to, prior to coming up here and speaking on this, my son went and did something and I snapped. I snapped. It's just like that. Boom. I dropped down. I told my wife, my daughter to get out of the room. And I dropped down and I just started command handing him. Just boom, 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 boom. Just going to town. Just reaming him a new one. For what? If that ain't Jesus calling, don't answer it. <laughs> just kidding. But I'm just going in on my, on my four-year-old boy. Like he's a grown man. And it's, and my wife was just like, what are you doing? And I just said, I, I don't even know. It just snapped, just like that. And it hit me. Man, how much do I really love my family to be able to sit there and just destroy my son like that? So that is one that I'm definitely taking, learning how to love my family more. Be a better employee is another one. Take better care of myself physically, evangelizing more. Resolve to place God's word as your authority in all areas of your life. So being able to take God's, God's word and just saying, you know what? Everything you say runs everything in my life. I'm no longer making excuses for sinners or myself. So, why do New Year's resolutions fail? All right. You're treating a marathon like a sprint. You're treating a marathon like a sprint. It's funny, because whenever I read that, the light bulb clicked with me. Our life, we feel like it's a marathon, but it's really a sprint. Think about that. Everybody's always saying life goes by just like this. But, I, you know, I live to be, Pastor John, how old are you? Oh, okay, old. All right. <laughs> Dang it. thought I hadn't. Um, but I lived to be 85 years old. But it felt like this. Right? But every single day you're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's not even 5 o'clock yet. <laughs> oh, man, it's almost 5.30. Oh, when can I go home? When can I go home? But in God's eyes, right? In God's eyes, it is just like this. Because before you know it, you're standing up at the gates going, hey, what's up, Jesus? Going to let me in? <laughs> right? Um, all joking aside, though, but you're always treating a marathon like a sprint. And hopefully I can show you that whenever I show you my transition. You put the cart before the horse. Right? So why, does somebody, why do some people feel like that's pertinent to why things fail? Anybody? Anybody? You always put the cart before the horse. All right? Example. Okay? You bought all your gym clothes, and now you can't afford your gym membership. <laughs> right? You don't know how to meal prep, but you just went and spent $400 on nothing but healthy food that you have no idea how to cook. Am I starting to make sense now? No, that's not true. I know how to cook. Um, you don't believe in yourself. The good idea theory, right? Yep, <clears throat> I'm going to be able to run 5K next week. And you start running half a mile in. <sighs> I can't do this. I can't do this, right? You'll be surprised what your body can actually do. Too much thinking and not enough doing. <clears throat> Who's a planner? You get sabotaged. You do. You do get sabotaged. Who's a, who's a planner? I have now become a planner. Um, my wife used to be a planner, and now she's like, let's go. Let's just do this. I downloaded a really cool, <clears throat> uh, who likes the Google Calendar? I like the Google Calendar because I'm able to share it. So my life is always constantly evolving with applicants and meetings and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, babe. I planned everything in, and all of a sudden she's like, you're not going to be able to take the kids? No, did you look at the calendar? No, I didn't look at the calendar. You're supposed to tell me. Well, 
That's why we got the calendar. Because we can share it, and we can constantly update it, and I'm color coding and everything, right? No, seriously, we are down to that. And it was like a great idea, and now it's just like, I'm the only one doing it. Um, You're in too much of a hurry. Like, in too much of a hurry to get results. So then you get discouraged. People who work out, they're like, oh man, I'm starting to do really good, but then all of a sudden you hit that plateau. Like, who knows what the plateau is? All right, my CrossFitter back there knows what I'm talking about. Hitting that plateau, it's where you stop seeing results and you have to start pushing yourself a little bit more to break through those barriers. Um, This is a big one. You don't enjoy the process. I'm unfortunately a glutton for punishment and pain. I really do. I love it. I love actually breaking myself down to the weakest point of my body and my mental stability to see how much further I can push myself. I really love it. Um, My wife sometimes, she's like, babe, you're pushing yourself way too much. Like, I love pre-workout. Who knows what pre-workout is? All right, my CrossFitter back there. I'm always pushing it. The warning label says don't exceed two scoops. First time around, five scoops. Let's go, right? <laughs> I'm pushing myself. My wife, you know, she works with the, with the heart people. She's like, you know that's going to kill you one day. Yeah, well, it is what it is. I haven't died yet, so. But that's just my mentality. All right? Not tracking your progress. No social support, right? A lot of people, whenever they say, babe, I'm going to support you. And all of a sudden, your, your spouse goes off and starts doing great things. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow, I don't have her around anymore. No, you need to really stop, right? You lose that social support because you miss your spouse being there. You have to be able to surround yourself with people who really want you to succeed. You know what you, um, what, did, what did I write here? You know what you want, but you're not sure why. Why do I really want this? It's a great idea. I feel like I want it. But as soon as you start trying and all of a sudden you start struggling and all of a sudden it's like, man, is this really what I want? Mm, I don't know. So, so I say all of that to say this. Our resolutions for ourselves, right? Going into how do I want to be a better Christian for the upcoming year? What are specific areas I struggle with in my daily walk with God? Right? We have to ensure that we have discipline, determination, and diligence. All right? So, there's three characters in this passage that we read from. The soldier, the athlete, and the farmer. The soldier has dedication. He is dedicated to what he wants to do. Me, as a soldier, I'm always dedicated to ensuring that whatever my chain of command wants done, I will ensure that it's done at what cost. I don't care. I do not care at what cost. Um, even Even if that's me giving my life, even if that's in, unfortunately, putting my, my comrades in a harmful situation, we have a job to get done. The athlete, discipline. We were talking about losing weight. We were talking about eating right. We were talking about uh, ensuring that we have ample amount of time to accomplish our goals. That takes a lot of discipline. All right? Well, I know that I have a busy day. I normally get up at 6, so I'm going to get up at 4. I started that once. My wife and I both did. Why? Because we have children. All right, so we started doing laps around the, uh, our neighborhood. One stands there and holds the time. Ready, go. And all of a sudden, she's like, okay, I'm done. And all of a sudden, I go. She's like, wow, that was fast. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, and go, right? It was, a great, it was a great thought. But then all of a sudden, we realized quickly, very quickly, how exhausted we were going to be the next day. <laughs> so, and... But that takes discipline, right? Am I, will, am I really willing to get up two hours early to ensure I'm able to tackle what I want? A farmer. Who's a farmer? My man, Mr. Hoyt, back there, right? 
Weren't you a farmer, Mr. Hoyt? At one time. All right. It takes a lot of diligence. Getting up extra early, going out there, tending to the crops, tending to your animals, tending to all those minuscule things to ensure, hopefully, the weather is proper to be able to feed your crops. It takes a lot of diligence. You're probably saying, Dave, what does this have to do with the Word of God? All right. Well, next slide, please. The soldier. Okay? The soldier. A soldier has to suffer. War is not a picnic. A soldier does not go out to enjoy life to see the world and have many wonderful experiences of adventure and travel. Despite what the recruitment poster says, that does not have, that does have some element of truth about it, but that is not what one does as a soldier. If a warfare breaks out, it's going to mean he is faced with ugly, arduous, uncomfortable living. We are not called to be Christians, to merely enjoy life, to have everything around us pleasant and comfortable. That has been the deadly danger of evangelical Christianity for far too many decades. Because of that, today, we are facing some of the evil aspects that have come from that kind of thinking. No, says the Apostle, we are to endure hardness, we are to get involved with life at its most wretched and sometimes most uncomfortable expression. Next slide. All right. So hold up there. Does that speak truth? Yeah. I know the last time I preached, I was pretty fired up. But it's because it's true. We are every single day you look around. It is just becoming more and more prominent. That I like to say we're living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Everything is acceptable. Nobody has to be held accountable. Everybody has a legitimate excuse. Everybody has a rhyme reason as to why they're doing what they're doing. And then whenever we say, no, that's wrong, man. You're living in sin. Who are you to judge me? Right? It's ugly out there. It's hard. Every time you look around, you're like, man, I'm just being condemned for being a Christian. Right? I was reading a statistic about, uh, about abortion. Right? You know, so many lives are just being gone. You know? But we have to sit there and we... And it's, it's one of those finical things. You know? Where do we stand on that? This is where, as Christians, we have to stand up and say, this is, this is where we're at with it. It's a, hard, it's a hard thing to talk about. Being able to serve in the military. A lot of people say, should you even serve in the military? Because of, you have to take, you know, you, you have to take a life, possibly. You know? How are you a Christian if you're willing to go and do X, Y, and Z? Right? But we have to figure out where we stand. This is why we have to dive into the book, into the gospel, and start really, truly reading it and implementing it in our lives. So we know whenever we get asked, we have the proper scripture to use for apologetics. Right? I learned that word under Pastor John. Thank you for that. Apologetics. Being able to defend our Christianity and our place on, on what we truly believe. So that's why I challenge you with the upcoming year, dive into the scripture, because guess what? One day you are going to be asked and you're going to have to defend yourself as a believer and as a Christian. So the athlete, we'll move on to the athlete. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. There is a different motivation. It is really a form of ambition, but a very proper ambition Every athlete learns that he has to deny himself certain things if he wants to win. This is called discipline. He cannot eat just any kind of food. He has to give up chocolate sundae, strawberry shortcake, and all the rich, luxurious indulgences that others can freely have. He may have to sit and eat cardboard while others enjoy something else. But he does it. The athlete does not indulge in certain pleasures. He does not go out in for late nights, wild living, and drunkenness that others may go in and go in. He resolutely predetermines that he is not going to involve himself in those so that when he and the occasion arises, he says no. He does not indulge in certain vices. He gives up smoking, drinking, because it hurts and harms the body. Next slide. The athlete does so because he wants to win. That is the point. He wants to be crowned. 
That is what the Apostle speaks of here. These crowns are not something we earn by our faithfulness. Rather, they represent a test. We will see more of that in a moment. That reveals whether we really are athletes for Christ or not. They represent a proper goal in our life. We do not want to lose out on what God has for us. And so on. Discipline. Being able to give up all the vices that Satan tosses our way. Whether that is, hey man, do you want to go out and have a few beers? Sure, by all means, but whenever that third beer or that fourth beer comes around, right? Do I say no? Right? Because it's very easy to slip into temptation. That's why it's called temptation, because it's easy. It is a real struggle being able to say no to our best friends. It's a real struggle being able to say, look, I know we're dating and all, but nah, I'm still going to chill and I'm going to wait. Right? Because all that stuff is prominent around us. The temptations of the world are coming at us at a high rate of speed that it is very hard for us to be able to defend. It is everywhere on social media. It is everywhere we go. Stepping into high schools. Yes, I'm a recruiter. I step into high schools and I go, hey, do you want to join the military? Yes. But the things that I see and the things that I hear in our school systems, I am terrified as a parent. Because it is a normal, normal, normal thing every single day. And it is just creeping in and it is becoming more acceptable. But as an athlete, for our Lord and Savior, we have to have the discipline to say no. We have to be able to say no thanks. I do not want to partake in that because I know if I fall down, I will not be able to receive my crown whenever I step into heaven. And we don't do these things because we want to be able to display, yes, I'm more faithful than you. No, it has nothing, it has nothing of that nature. It is more of a, this is what I want to do. Because I want to be a good disciple. I want to try hard. I want to be able to give up my vices. I have now been, what, smoke-free for, what, over almost a year and a half now? Because it is, no, 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 no. (laughs) Thank you. But it's hard. But it's because one day I was sitting outside and my daughter walks up to me in the, in the little glass. She goes, Dad, you should probably stop smoking. It's bad for you. <laughs> yeah, it is bad for me. But then she hits me with this. Dad, I want you to live a lot longer. Mm. And I'm done, right? <clears throat> but it really hit me. Why? Why am I doing this? Because I'm selfish? Because I tell myself that I'm stressed out? Because I'm not able to deal with the hardships of my job and stuff like that? But these are things that we have to give up. Because we want to be able to set the right example for being a Christian. All right, next. The farmer. All right? I apologize for my slides. I was trying to sit there and make them a little... uh, fun and all that, but uh, the farmer, like a farmer, we might have to rise up early and work hard. We do so in expectation of a harvest. Paul always sets before us that life is not the end of the story. That we may have to give up here is made up for abundantly when we step out of time into eternity. This is the day for which we labor. Christians also need the diligence of a farmer. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. The emphasis there is upon the word hard working. Being a Christian is not just floating through life with God working for you. Rather, it is you working for God, enjoying the privilege of being his faithful servant through whom he does his work today. There is no greater calling than that, yet the attitude of many Christians today is, I become a Christian in order to get God to bless me and work for me. If he doesn't do it the way I want, I'm ready to quit. I don't want anything to do with Christianity when it gets difficult. That's the very thing the Apostle is warning us against in this passage. That's hard. 
I know whenever I was first, uh, whenever I was a young Christian, I still am. But whenever I was first starting out, because I'd seen so many hypocrites, and I saw everything that was going on in the big church down south that my parents, that my mom goes to, it was really hard. I was like, man, this is what it's really like to be a Christian? Man, I sure can fit in. All right? So, but then whenever I, whenever I, I, I really truly gave my life to Christ, through the hardships of, through the hardships of our, our marriage, and I saw my wife, you know, I've spoken on this multiple times, and I was like, man, why is she so happy and our marriage stinks? And she would tell me all the time, our marriage is going to be saved. Our marriage is going to be saved. I'm just like, I don't really know why you think that, but sure, it sounds good to me. But then it really hit me. I gave my life to God, and trust me, our marriage was still on the rocks. It was hard work. But the struggle came to a very successful, beautiful marriage. It took diligence. It took tending to those minute things to ensure that our marriage would blossom. And God, for every single day, gets the glory. I know with me, um, taking the time and doing the due diligence of being able to present a sermon, there are times where I'm very frustrated. I'm like, are they actually going to hear what I'm trying to say? Is God really going to even bless the fact that I'm here, and is he really truly going to speak through me? Do I even deserve it? So then I'm sitting there giving myself excuses as to not do it, just to call up Pastor John and say, hey, you know what, I quit. No thanks, this really isn't for me. But it's through the hardships and the struggle and ensuring that, you know what, God deserves the glory of being able to see a young punk like me end up standing here. And it was a very hard, painful process. So, it really brings me back to whenever Pastor Derek was talking. He said, are you going to be a spectator or are you going to be a player? All three of these characters are players. They're no longer standing by going, you know what, I'm going to allow everybody else to defend my freedom. You know what, I really can't defend my Christianity, but I know somebody else who knows the scripture a lot better. Can you go handle that? Or an athlete. You know what, I'm really not feeling it, but I know somebody who's more disciplined and will take the time to sit down with you and see you through this journey. Or the farmer. I'm just going to drive over to this restaurant and I'm going to go have my, my food instead of being able to grow it. Being able to grow with the word. Am I making sense? It's no longer being a spectator. This year, I hope you challenge yourself to become a player and really dive into the word of God and really allow yourself to grow so you can become a better disciple so we can create disciples. Because I know for me, I know I really need to dive into the word even more so I can help create better disciples. Because unfortunately today, we are a dying breed. The more you look around, the more church doors are closing. So, one of the great things I love about the book of Timothy is that this book is actually a letter that Paul wrote to Timothy while he was in prison. It correlates back to whenever uh, Corey was preaching. What was the what was the place called again, Corey? Where was it, where was the prison? Where was the prison? Yes. Uh, well, we were talking about Ephesus. Yes, Ephesus, right? Yeah. yeah. The more I read into it, I found out that if you're not, if you are a not a Roman, they'll put you down in this well, all the way down in the ground, and it was small. It was dark. And that's where Paul is writing this, talking about suffering to Timothy, saying it's okay to suffer for God because in the end, you'll be up in heaven. That is huge. 
to read this, to read this, and it's just like, wow, man, you're still loving God, and you're still able to sit there and have such a phenomenal spirit to be able to write to someone else to set them up for success. That's huge. And I feel like that's what we should probably start doing. Look, I'm struggling, but I'm going to show you how to be successful in your walk with Christ. These are the things that I've endured. So I want to be able to help you. So, next slide. So this is my transformation. Okay? I love this picture. I really do because I never thought this picture would ever be taken. The things that my wife and I have gone through have been insane. But I'm telling you right now, the more you give your marriage to God, the more beautiful your marriage will be. And that is the part of being able to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. The more you are open, the more you're able to sit there and say, you know what, God, I can't do this on my own. That's a really hard thing for a man to say. And I know me, I'm a control freak. I don't like not being in control of what's going on, like not having gas in a car. I start panicking. But this is my transformation. Next slide, please. This is me. That's me. I was a young, I, I, was, I was young, I was happy. I loved life. I'm an only child. And this was whenever I was five years old. And then now I am four. There I am being four years old. I loved life. Everything was great. Next slide. There I am. I still loved being the center of attention because I was the only child. Um, And my mom raised me. The majority of the time, my dad was always gone busy. Being a firefighter, still happy. Next slide. I had everything I ever wanted, pretty much. Next slide. I was able to go to whichever school I chose to. Um, I was able to go to public schools, private schools. Um, But one thing I started noticing the more I got older. Next slide, please. I didn't really know how to fit in with people. I was sheltered. I didn't know what it was like to hang out and speak with other kids. Nine times out of ten, everything I did was by myself. I grew up on two acres, uh, all the way down at the end of a a farm road. Um, The only other kid that I ever played with, he is now in prison with life without parole. Next slide. Um, I love sports. I loved... Everything that there was to do outdoors. But slowly but surely, things started changing. Next slide. Started dyeing my hair. I'm just kidding. Um, But no, that's me. Um, Everything was perfect on the outside. But on the inside, I was still dealing with battles and demons. I went to a Christian prep school. Um, I had a really hard time transitioning and being able to make friends. I was always the outcast. Next slide. But no matter what, I was always able to put a smile on my face. Next slide. This is my graduation photo. In my graduation photo, that was probably one of the last pictures I ever took. My mom does not have any pictures from seventh grade and up because I never wanted my picture taken again. This picture, I was under the influence. 
Next slide. But here I am. I love the music. I found a passion for music. I was able to get a lot of things out through music. But the more I dove into music, the more I started trying to fit in with everything else. Next slide. So what happens? I end up joining the military, and I found a purpose. I went through detox and basic. But I loved it because I enjoyed the struggle because I knew that I was going to do something great. I loved every minute of it. I found a reason to finally live and no longer go through the motions. And it wasn't until I really truly figured out what it's like to struggle and be broken down and realize the only way that I'm going to survive is by going up. That is what it's like whenever you truly break down and you give your life to God. You've been coasting. You're being able to sit there and just mask everything that you're dealing with. And it isn't until you give your life to God and you just break down and you say, you know what, Lord, just take everything. I'm willing to live for you and I'm willing to embrace the struggle of your daily walk because there is a reason why it is called the narrow path. Next slide. There's a couple people in here that are no longer with us. But they died for a reason. They died for a cause. That's just like us with our daily walk. Next. This is my best friend. He passed away a couple years ago. Took his own life. But it's because he did not know how to deal with things. He did not know how to deal with things. And I had just got finished talking to him a couple days ago. And I was still young in my walk with God. I didn't know how to sit there and tell him, yo, man, you know what? I actually might be able to help you out. Because I didn't know how to speak up. I was still like one of those kind of, I was still one of those Christians. I was kind of like, you know what? Whenever I get a little bit better, I might be able to have the confidence to speak up. Next slide. This is me in Iraq. I ended up being assigned the uh, public affairs NCO. And what that is, is I'm supposed to go around, I'm supposed to take pictures throughout our missions. And I tell you what, seeing the way other people live, man, that hit me. How I take a lot of things for granted. Next slide. I was still able to find kids smiling. I found a new love for camels. Love camels. I think they're cool. I think they're pretty awesome. But I was able to find people still loving where they're at, their religion. These people die for their religion, man. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't hold it against them. They love, they love their religion. And the more I'm in this position, in this internship, I'm starting to find more and more in love for my religion. And I'm just like, man, I'm gaining that confidence. I'm willing to be able to take people's criticism and just kind of like, ah, it's all good, man. God's, God's got the glory. It's amazing. Next slide. The, uh, the picture... The top, uh, top left broke my heart whenever I took that picture. That kid's playing with a syringe. The other kid's playing in a, uh, in a mud pit, but they don't care. They're just there. That was my team right there. That was Sergeant Jackson and uh, Specialist Hedrick. Some of the uh, best people I've ever known. Had to spend a lot of time in those trucks. Next. The picture right there with my daughter and I walking. I love that picture. 
It humbles me to this day because my kids used to love what I do. Dad, can I would call them whenever I was on on ship. Dad, can you flick the lights on? Can you flick the lights on? Dad, can you play the sirens? And they'd always ask me, Dad, what do you do? Well, I help people. Yeah, but what do you really do? I help people. Liam always says all the time, you shoot bad guys? Do you shoot bad guys? No, buddy, I don't. I don't shoot bad guys. I don't like shooting bad guys. But you shoot bad guys, right? No, buddy, I help people. Oh, you help people? Yeah, whenever somebody needs help, I go and I help them. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians, right? We're supposed to help people. Even whenever people think they don't need help, we go, hey, man, can I talk to you real quick? There's so many opportunities that I've missed being able to help people. It's a hard burden to carry. Next slide. But I'm going to tell you, since giving my life to God, I was able to see my wife get baptized. I have three beautiful children. And those hard roads that I struggled and I endured, God has blessed me. He truly has. He has blessed me more than I can ever, ever fathom. And it's because I choose to allow myself to drop down and I allow myself to wallow in self-pity that I end up missing the blessings on this narrow road of being a Christian. Like loving my family more, praying more. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't pray for my family as often as I should. I've been able to have some amazing friends. Next slide. I was the only child. I ended up gaining a brother. ended up gaining a sister. My kids have amazing godparents. My wife told me about this church. At that point in time, I was still struggling. It's like, man, I ain't ready to go to church. Next slide. But now, I have a great mentor that we challenge each other every single day on a dad bod. Ain't that right, Corey? <laughs> Love you, man. But I have a beautiful family now. I have a beautiful church family. And it's because I choose to struggle every single day with learning how to be being comfortable with being uncomfortable with my walk with Christ that I'm able to have these beautiful things. So I challenge you for your new resolution. One, will you live for God? And if no one else does, will you still will? Will you still walk with God? Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to close ask you to stand in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I humbly come before you today. I ask that you grant us all peace and allow us to be able to ask you to be with us in this upcoming year. God, I know that every single time we walk out these doors, everybody else lives a different story. Some better than others. But I ask, I beg you, to be with this congregation. Because everyone has their demons that they're battling every single day. But I ask that you be with them and bless them and help them walk closer to you. God, I ask that if there is anyone in this room that has not asked you to come into their life, I ask that you push on them a little bit harder for them to realize the true blessing it is to be a Christian. 
God, this isn't a religion. This is a way of life. God, you died for us. And we were so, we are so unworthy of your sacrifice. But you chose to. So God, I ask that you help us realize that we need to start living a lot better for you every single day. God, grant us the courage. Grant us the meekness and the compassion for the rest of the world for us to demonstrate what it's like to be a true believer. God, we love you. In your precious name, amen.